Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hi, this is Martin Fowler, and you're listening to the Agile Uprising. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Agile Uprising podcast. I am your host today, Troy Lightfoot, and I am just doing a quick episode in my series of Agile Heresy called Rethinking Agile. And this one is all about team size. So background for this one, I was watching a Drunk Agile episode with Dan Vacanti and Pratik Singh, and they talked about team size. And I said, you know what, that's kind of perfect for my series. Um, I have been thinking about this literally for years, just the way they articulated it, um, it made a lot of sense to me. So I figured why not bring it to the Agile Uprising audience and just have a discussion. Um, I'm not saying I have all the answers, and if anybody tells you they have all the answers, uh, run the other way. So um, uh, yeah, so if you want to talk about it, if you agree with me, if you disagree with me, if you think it's interesting, feel free to uh, comment and talk about it in our free Agile Uprising Discord. Okay. Uh, there is a lot of dogma out there about agile team size. It must be 10 or less people. It must be seven plus or minus two. And if you're not doing that, then you're not being agile or doing agile or something like that. When I think about agile, I think about the ability to deliver quickly and continuously to test our ideas out in the market, to see where we're wrong fast, and to be able to sense and respond to market changes, to customer changes, right? Um, that's how we can compete. That is kind of the whole point of it. The whole point of the Agile thing, right, is that there's not one single deterministic answer to what your customers will want, when things can be done, and so therefore we must operate a process which helps us in the face of uncertainty, right? To me, that's the way I think about it. Okay, so where does small teams fall in? Well, we'll go with the argument for smaller teams. The argument for smaller teams is that they're easy to facilitate. Uh, it, it builds teamwork because you have a small group of people that need to communicate, to collaborate. Um, so I get it. I, I get it. And there's also the element of meetings, right? If you have a bunch of people in a meeting, sometimes it's not as effective and things like that. Okay, fair enough. Um, so let's talk about the problem with that thinking. So, um, by the way, if you can operate a fully end-to-end -end team and keep it 10 or less people, then awesome, do that because it is probably probably better than not. Um, but let's talk about the problems that we see in this space. 
Um, if you've ever operated in a, in a scaled agile environment, whether you're using something like safe or not, you might have noticed that um, often teams have dependencies between one another. In fact, many dependencies in order to even to deliver one single feature, uh, sometimes teams might have two or three or even more dependencies to release that feature. Uh, and even if the teams are set up cross-functionally, meaning they have all the necessary, necessary skills to deliver a feature end-to-end, -end, yet they still have all these dependencies. And one of the things I've come to realize over the years, and that's why I was like, oh, wow, this episode makes a lot of sense from Dan and Pratik. I've been thinking about this, and I, again, I haven't really just articulated it out loud, but um, I think we're doing ourselves a disservice by the way we design our teams. Uh, and hear me out here. The only thing that should matter to us is the flow of value. And the reason for that is because value upfront is not determinable. There may be special cases where that's not true, but for the most part in product development, it is impossible to know the value of something before you deliver it. So therefore, the speed at which you can learn if that thing is valuable or not, or if you are wrong about your idea, is the most important thing you can do. Because otherwise, what are we doing this for, right? We're, tr we're trying to produce value for the organization that we're working for. Um, or our own organization, let's say it's, we're a startup or something. So, yeah. So the flow of value is key. It's the flow of potential value. That's the way to think about it. It's the flow of potential value. How do I find out if this thing is actually valuable or not? And how valuable is it so I can learn from that? The speed and consistency at which you can do that is the number one thing. And so what are we doing? If we had a feature that took three or four teams to deliver one single feature, even if the teams were designed quote unquote cross-functionally, where they have all the necessary skills to deliver an end-to-end -end feature, yet they have dependencies with one another to deliver that feature, which how, how often have you seen that in practice? All, like all the time. And so I'm not even talking about teams that are designed horizontally, like a front-end team, a back-end team. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying, hey, we have actual cross-functional teams, yet it still takes more than one team to deliver end-to-end -end value. If you take the cycle time for each team to deliver their piece of the feature and then add up all that time, you would see that it probably takes a long time to deliver that feature, right? Um, while each team may have their own metrics and they might look good, hey, we, we did this fast or we, we, um, you know, we completed our piece and it's kind of like, we'll work on the next thing, right? Um, if, if you take the life cycle of that feature, it's probably taking a very long time to get to market, which is suboptimal for what Agile is even supposed to be in the first place, right? Um, so kind of thought number one is that um, smaller teams tend to create organizational dependencies. And dependencies are a killer to flow for many reasons. One, they just, it makes things take much longer to get out, right? Number two is um, forecasting becomes much more difficult the more dependencies you have. Um, if you think about, hey, what's the probability that team A is going to be able to get X thing done by a certain date when this other team said, hey, once you give it to on this date, we can start our own stuff on this and then we can deliver it to another team. And what's the probability of that thing happening? Well, anytime you deal with that, you're going to have to multiply those probabilities, which if you think about it mathematically, significantly reduces the probability of something actually occurring on time. And, I, and I've, 
I'm sure you've seen that, right? Teams say, hey, we'll get this thing done by this date or in this sprint or whatever the case or this week. And it's late. It doesn't happen exactly as they said. And then that kind of causes a chain reaction down the dependency chain and people have to constantly replan, which is very expensive. Um, so having um, one or more dependencies is really a killer to flow and to forecasting accuracy, uh, which I would say a lot of people care about, right? Because you want to have a predictable process when you say you can do something that it, you know, more often than not occurs, right? So um, dependencies are really a killer for that. And smaller teams tend to create those dependencies. And in fact, in the agile space, we spend a ton of time focusing on managing those dependencies, techniques to do it. And I think this is just backwards thinking. Um, if the team was larger, even, even slightly larger, uh, it's possible we may not even need that dependency. In fact, if you think about it, everything it takes to deliver end-to-end -end value on a team, right? If you say, hey, we have this feature, we need to do some research on it, we need to design it, we need to develop the code for it, we need to write the details of what it needs, the acceptance criteria, refine it, all that stuff. And then we have to test it, and then we have to deploy it, and then we have to release it, and then we have to maintain it in production and monitor it. All of those things usually takes a lot of different skill sets to do. And what tends to happen is um, we have multiple teams to do that work, and that just creates dependencies. Let's say you had a team of 16 people who can deliver total end-to-end -end without any dependencies, and then a team of eight people who cannot, who has a dependency on one or more teams to be able to deliver end-to-end. -end. Which one is better and why? As long as the 16-person team, and I'm just making that number up randomly because it's kind of outside of the agile way of thinking typically. Even if it was 20, even if it was 30, I don't really care. What I, what, I guess what I'm saying is all that should matter is the flow of value. That's what matters. End-to-end -end flow of value, speed and consistency of the speed. That's what matters. If it takes a bigger team to do it, who cares? I mean, it, even, if, even if you had all the skills to deliver end-to-end, you probably need more than one person on a team with those skills, right? So often you're probably going to have fairly larger teams or fairly large teams if you want to be able to deliver end-to-end -end without dependencies, right? The key is to deliver value, not follow any specific rules, right? If anything in your process is hindering this, break the process, go outside of the rules. That's all, that, I guess that's kind of the, the point of, why I'm questioning this whole thing about uh, team size. Like, who cares? I mean, I have been in many organizations where people will fill out a checklist. Like, is the team under this size? They check it off as if that has done something. And it's done nothing. The only thing that matters is the flow of value, period. So step number one is to review your team structure. Look at your dependencies. You know, note down which teams have dependencies, how frequent that is, and think about restructuring your teams, whether that's helping the teams become more cross-functional by rearranging the folks to be able to have end-to-end -end delivery of value, uh, whatever that means in your context. That could be a first start. Um, and then consider increasing the team size if you notice that you, you have that, but you still have dependencies. And consider mixing skills across teams 
as well, right? Um, so you may say, hey, we, we probably could remove this dependency if team A just had these skills, right? Create a COP, create a, the, like the word guild, right? From the Spotify model, all these different things, uh, practices we can do. Pair and mob programming from team to team. Anything needed to increase the skills on another team to remove the dependencies because dependencies are going to kill your flow of value, right? Any kind of agile rules or processes, anything hindering the flow of value, throw it out or at least consider changing it. And anything like dogmatic checklists, you should really think about, does this help us deliver value or not? At the end of the day, that's all that really matters, right? So that's it. If you agree, disagree, if you think it's interesting, feel free to, feel free to comment and um, talk about it on our Discord. See you there. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.